Section 15 of A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Fascio. A Wonder Book for Girls and Boys by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Introductory to the Miraculous Pitcher. And when and where do you think we find the children next? No longer in the winter time, but in the merry month of May. No longer in Tanglewood Playroom, or at Tanglewood Fireside, but more than halfway up a monstrous hill, or a mountain, as perhaps it would be better pleased to have us call it. They had set out from home with the mighty purpose of climbing this high hill, even to the very tip-top of its bald head. To be sure, it was not quite so high as Chimborazo or Mont Blanc, and was even a good deal lower than old Greylock. But, at any rate, it was higher than a thousand ant hillocks or a million of mole hills, and when measured by the short strides of little children, might be reckoned a very respectable mountain. And was Cousin Eustace with the party? Of that you may be certain, else how could the book go on a step farther? He was now in the middle of the spring vacation, and looked pretty much as we saw him four or five months ago, except that, if you gazed quite closely at his upper lip, you could discern the funniest little bit of a moustache upon it. Setting aside this mark of mature manhood, you might have considered Cousin Eustace just as much a boy as when you first became acquainted with him. He was as merry, as playful, as good-humoured, as light of foot and of spirits, and equally a favourite with the little folks, as he had always been. This expedition up the mountain was entirely of his contrivance. All the way up the steep ascent, he had encouraged the elder children with his cheerful voice, and when dandelion, cowslip, and squash blossom grew weary, he had lugged them along, alternately on his back. In this manner, they had passed through the orchards and pastures on the lower part of the hill, and had reached the wood, which extends thence towards its bare summit. The month of May, thus far, had been more amiable than it often is, and this was as sweet and genial a day as the heart of man or child could wish. In their progress up the hill, the small people had found enough of violets, blue and white, and some that were as golden as if they had the touch of Midas on them. That sociablest of flowers, the little Houstonia, was very abundant. It is a flower that never lives alone, but which loves its own kind, and is always fond of dwelling with a great many friends and relatives around it. Sometimes you see a family of them, covering a space no bigger than the palm of your hand, and sometimes a large community, whitening a whole tract of pasture, and all keeping one another in cheerful heart and life. With the verge of the wood there were columbines, looking more pale than red, because they were so modest, and had thought proper to seclude themselves too anxiously from the sun. There were wild geraniums, too, and a thousand white blossoms of the strawberry. The trailing arbutus was not quite out of the bloom, but it hid its precious flowers under the last year's withered forest leaves, as carefully as a mother bird hides its little young ones. It knew, I suppose, how beautiful and sweet-scented they were. So cunning was their concealment, that the children sometimes smelt the delicious richness of their perfume, before they knew whence it proceeded. Amid so much life, it was strange and truly pitiful to behold, here and there, in the fields and pastures, the hoary periwigs of dandelions that had already gone to seed. They had done with summer before summer came. With those small globes of winged seeds it was autumn now. Well, 
but we must not waste our valuable pages with any more talk about the springtime and wildflowers. There is something, we hope, more interesting to be talked about. If you look at the group of children, you may see them all gathered around Eustace Bright, who, sitting on the stump of a tree, seems to be just beginning a story. The fact is, the younger part of the troop have found out that it takes rather too many of their short strides to measure the long ascent of the hill. Cousin Eustace, therefore, has decided to leave sweet fern, cowslip, squash blossom, and dandelion at this point midway up until the return of the rest of the party from the summit. And because they complain a little, and do not quite like to stay behind, he gives them some apples out of his pocket, and proposes to tell them a very pretty story. Hereupon they brighten up, and change their grieved looks into the broadest kind of smiles. As for the story, I was there to hear it, hidden behind a bush, and shall tell it over to you in the pages that come next. End of chapter 15